0: You and I, you and I, in my mind, we can conquer the world in love. You and I, you and What's up, everybody? Yes, that was me singing a song that has nothing to do with fighting, and I did not change the lyrics because this isn't a traditional episode. Last episode, I uh, essentially said I'm stepping down or stepping away for a while, taking a break. Basically, I feel like I want to end the show. But when you, you keep saying that you're out and they keep dragging you back in, uh, by the way, if uh, you listened closely during that intro, you may have heard one of my cats protesting my singing in the background, not taking that out, not uh, not going to record it again. And you might hear them throughout this episode because, again, this is just a relaxed little bonus episode uh, that I'm just sort of doing just for uh, anyone who, who really wants to listen. Uh, after my last episode... Uh, mma catfish aka seth aka the Tad daddy um sent in a voicemail and said you have to do another episode now because i sent that in and then i said well if other people also do it maybe i'll do a little midweek forum a little bonus forum and so a few of you did um and we're, we're gonna play those and so this is just a little little bonus forum um I'm going to play Seth's question first. Yeah. So Seth and yeah, that's it. Hey, juicy baby. It's MMA catfish. Eric Anders, 18 and five. All five of those losses are in the UFC where his record is five and five. And he has never had more than two fights in a row that he won. He missed weight. Then withdrew from the fight. And at this point, is there any reason why your boy should not be your cut? Also, F.M.P. I'm convinced that Seth only wants like consistent winners in the ufc as if like one person has to lose in every fight like almost like the entire fucking thing should be a process of elimination to have just like one last man standing or last woman standing in each division (laughs) because every time someone loses he's like man fuck him he should be cut even after a win sometimes like osp yeah fuck him (laughs) I'm also glad that I waited to do this episode because the ending of his voice was always his FMP. Well, we got a little bit of extra FMP energy this week uh and this morning. Uh FMP, in case you didn't know or didn't remember, is fuck Mike Perry. That's something I started saying and Seth picked up, but I got it from fucking Terrence Singleton, I think. And I think I even I, I don't I don't even think I got it from him. I got it from Mick who got it from him and was crediting him. So it's all a fucking – we're just spreading the wildfire, FMP. Um, But, bro, he tweeted this morning that he doesn't know if he can handle the weight cut. Like he was like 177 for a 170-pound bout and he's not sweating. He was in the sauna for – first of all, if you're in the sauna for 15 minutes and you don't sweat, like – After a long weight cut, yeah, that's probably an indication that you're not going to sweat. But also, 15 minutes isn't enough. I mean, KGB said something interesting on her story, which is that like weight cutting is a science. And so if you had a full camp and you're missing weight, you're a fucking idiot or you're uh, in the wrong weight class or you're underprepared. Like, Get a fucking right camp. I'm like, yeah, dude, I agree. But also, you know, it's like I don't want this guy to be in the UFC, so I don't give a fuck if he misses weight at this point, right? Because, like, uh, this week on Shots Fired, G was talking about how, like, we need to give Mike Perry a real camp. While I agree with that, it's certainly, you know, beneficial for his career and for his health, probably. Um, I don't necessarily want that. He's an absolute piece of shit, and he needs help. He needs to get counseling. He needs to fucking be rehabilitated. And we've seen nothing to indicate that. Like, he's spiraling. He fucking was threatening Shayna. Like, uh, bro, you're a piece of shit. But back to Seth's original things I'm rambling at this point about Eric Anders. Dude, first of all, when he first came in the UFC, his nickname was Ya Boy. And I was like... Can you think of a worse nickname? Like, I've been openly um, hating on coconut bombs because it should not be a fucking name of a person. That should be a name of a technique. Like, just name yourself that. It's just so fucking wacky. Um, And everyone loves that guy because he's Hawaiian and people love Hawaiians. Like, anyway, dude. um, Wow, that sounds super hateful. You know who my favorite Hawaiian is? Ashley the MMA nerd. I fucking love her, like, so much. She helped create the name for my new theater podcast, Breaking the Fourth Wall, that I will shamelessly plug on the show if I ever continue it. Well, I'm gonna continue it in 2021 with a co-host. By the way, sometimes I say things like that and people like DM me, like, hey, I would love to collaborate. And I'm like, I I appreciate that like, heavily because it means that people want to get involved, but like I've already kind of made up my mind. What, what I'm saying is like as far as that goes, if I do come back. I know who my co-hosts will be. Well, it's between two um, who aren't a part of MMA Twitter. So you don't know them. I mean, you do know them because they've been on the show, but you don't know them. Um, What I was going to say, Eric. Oh, Eric Anders. Yeah. Your boy. Terrible nickname. However, I love him. I really do. Um, I feel bad that that Muay Thai Khalil Roundtree beat the absolute piss out of him. Like, oh, my God. He definitely belongs of 185. He looks like death on a scale kind of, but the way his frame and how, the amount of muscle he carries, he looks a bit undersized for 205, and those guys fucking wreck him. Um, so I like Eric Anders at 185, maybe just in a different diet plan or something. Um, he should not be cut. Uh, I know he says some things that make it hard to, to be a fan of his, but dude, honestly, go back and um, listen to his interview on combat sports with Rhino. I fucking love that guy. I th- First of all, I think that was before like Rhino was getting a lot of guests. That was one of his earlier guests. And I was just like, dude, is how fucking cool is it that this guy is going on a show that isn't like incredibly well-established? And he's a- in the UFC and is like a name in the UFC. Incredible. And he gave an amazing interview. So yeah. Um, Seth, I'll fight you on this one. I'll fucking fight you on this one. Not really. Um, yeah, I guess that's all uh, the thoughts I have on that. Thank you. And now we have another uh, question from my boy, MMA by Milliken, who also does a great podcast. Juice, you should be able to take a hiatus without us bothering you, okay? The thing is, though, your favorite fighter, Roxanne Modafferi, the happy warrior, is still fighting. So maybe you can't take a hiatus just yet. Because she is will be facing a dangerous opponent in Viviani Arruyo. With that said, depending on who wins, if either if either one, you know, no matter who wins, should they be in line for the title shot? In other words, you know, like as I was saying on my podcast, one, two, three, four, five, should they actually be in that lineup? Take care. Have a good one. Dude, Milliken, thank you for those kind words. Thank you for that question. Um, Yeah, it's no secret that uh, Roxanne Modaferi is my favorite fighter. Um, And I've been on record many times saying I will absolutely never pick against her. And by now, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I absolutely wear my bias on my sleeve because it's stupid not to. I hate when people don't. We're all biased. There was a great episode of, well, actually, by my favorite uh, MMA writer slash podcaster, Fernanda Praches, Oh, dude, did I nail that? Fernando Praches, Oh, dude, let me do it again. Fernanda Pratches. Because um, the R is sometimes hard to get. You can't say Fernanda. And it's not Fer. It's not a trill. That's more Spanish. It's like that Portuguese R. It's like Fernando Prach. Anyway, I'm so dumb. Not even going to listen to this. Um... There was an episode in one of the earlier episodes of Well, actually, I want to say it was like episode 10 or so. Uh, that's probably right, actually. 10 or 11, or somewhere around there, where she talked about how everyone has a bias, even if it's um, in the form of not being biased. Because that in itself is a bias to actively try and hide your bias, to actively try and remain neutral. Like, that's a bias in itself. So I always uh, show my bias. Um, what that said this is a winnable fight for Roxy. Like people saw Viviani's debut where she was like, I think it was Talita Bernardo where she just fucking knocked her out. And they were like, she's a straw weight coming up to Bantam And then she like landed on flyway. And I was like, okay. Um, honestly, this is a winnable fight. Look at the, um, look at Viviani's fight with Jessica. I, Jessica, I, even though she's like kind of a meme and we make fun of her, um, she has, like, veteran savvy, like, some sort of, like, octagon uh, knowledge that is is uh, applicable. And she used pressure and footwork to kind of freeze Viviani and back her up. And Roxy does that very well also. Um, she is constantly moving forward. She's fearless. She's going to try and get the takedown. She's going to try and push her up against the fence. And Vivi is strong, but I think... Doing that is going to gas herself out with trying to defend those takedowns, trying to get Roxy off of her is going to gas her out. And Roxanne is going to fucking strangle her, dude. Mark my words right now. Write this down. Roxanne Mataferi, third round submission. And I want my credit, but also don't put any real money on that, because if you lose and get mad at me, I will block you. Uh, Just kidding, sort of, but not really. I will block you. Um. Don't ever take betting advice from me. But do take five pick advice from me. Because sometimes my picks are trash, but everyone's picks are trash. And I have some good ones sometimes. Anyway, dude, that's what I have to say. Yeah, there's no like I was thinking about this. How lately I've been more of like it's seeming like an Izzy stand. And that's like my main thing. And while Izzy's like quickly taken that number two spot roxy will always have a special place in my heart like there's nothing that would overtake that there absolutely nothing like that's that she's it you have to have like your number one that you don't go away from and that's roxy and she's also unproblematic like i understand like having your favorite fighter that from back in the day and then they've come out say some stuff now and you're like conflicted about whether or not I don't have to worry about that with Roxy. She's a good fucking person with strong morals and conviction. Uh, And she fucking beat La Rosa twice. <laughs> ah! Fucking proud boy Tela Rosa. Ugh. Anyway, thank you Milliken. Uh, now we have another question by the man the myth, the fucking legend, Smokey J. Hey there, Juice, fighting with myself. It's Smokey J here from Australia. I'm guessing this will be the last voice that I send into you for a while due to your impending hiatus and stuff like that. But I just fucking thought I'd give you a quick little fucking little shout out and say fucking all the best for your future endeavors, man. Uh Fighting With Myself podcast has been a heap of fun. This little fucking stoned Australian cunt fucking loved it. And uh, cunts all over the world fucking loved it. Um, keep up the good shit, man. I'll probably still be here doing weird shit when you come back. Uh, so, me fucking question for you, man. I'll keep it short and sweet. End of 2021, start of 2022, who's going to be holding the belts in every single motherfucking division in the UFC? Uh, that's all, Juice. You have a good one, man. Fucking all the best. Bye. Dude. I got to give Smokey J the, massive of sh- the massivest of shout-outs, the biggest of shout-outs. Uh, the guy is an absolute gem of a person. In fact, if we were in the same time zone, I think I would try and have him be my co-host maybe. Um, just because one of the reasons I'm leaving MMA is because it's, it's often very negative for me and kind of toxic. And so, like, listening to Smokey J... I just feel like the world is is in a is in good hands, and like he's a very positive person. Um, and listening to his latest episode brought uh, great joy to me. I say latest; it's the only episode uh, in my absence. Smokey J is like, well, instead of. Uh, finding someone to fill those shoes. I'm going to fill those shoes in terms of his like weekly rotation of, of podcasts. So, uh, Smokey just started a podcast called the MMA smoke show. And I've tried for fucking, I literally spent over 20 minutes trying to find him on anchor to send a voice question. And I have, uh, the, the like username that he used to send this one doesn't link to the show. So Smokey, if you could do me a favor and when you're logged into your, um, podcast account on anchor if you could favorite my show that way i'll find you and get the notification and i'll favor you and that way i can send you a fucking legendary voicey um and that'll be great uh what was i was gonna say oh yeah so your question <laughs> actually i was listening to this uh, I I remember exactly where I was when he sent this. I was in the food store. I think I just came out, or I was just going in. I can't remember because I was I was listening to it in the parking lot, um, and uh, I think it was yeah no it was it was as I was leaving because I was putting my card away, and he uh, was like this fucking stoned Australian kind of loved it, and I was just like that fucking made my day. Um, who's gonna be champions? Did you see at the end of twenty one? 2021 i think he did either way that's how i'm gonna go um so let's start with the women's division because i feel like whenever this happens people do the women's last and like you know we got to fucking support women i was just on the tko podcast actually um and uh i was talking about how like building women's mma is almost more important than building men's mma at this point because that's that's how you're gonna get that's how you're going to broaden the fan base and that's how you're going to get better fans. I understand there's some women that have some shitty fucking opinions sometimes and I'm not saying in the sense that like, like they don't know what they're talking about because they don't, I'm just saying like, there's some women fans in the MMA community right now who have said some like problematic things. That's what I'm saying because I don't want to like out anybody or shade anybody specifically, but there's some where I'm like, wow, you're a fucking terrible person. Um, but the ones that aren't terrible people always have great takes, even if you disagree with them. And anyway, they're just better. Like I've been trolled hundreds of times, almost never been by a woman. There was actually one, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, because it was some no, I feel like if I say it, then you'll know. But it was it was someone who was, like, defending Colby. I was like, what the fuck? Actually, now that I've said that, I feel like you may think it's someone else. It's not that person. I'm just going to say it's not that person. who. When I said a woman defending Colby, that, that's going to spark in someone's mind, a specific person. It's not that. Uh, it's someone who... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, anyway, dude. End of 2021. Let's start with the women. So... Uh, the women's straw weight. Now, this is going to cause some vegan beef between my homie Pamela, a.k.a. Wholesome MMA, formerly MMA astrology, at Harry Nothrotita, which is Greek for sloth, by the way. Um, it's going to be Rose Namajunas. I'm just going to it out there that we are a Rose Namajunas household, even though it has come out recently. Like, people... And this is why I'm living on People are trying to paint her as like a right wing radical because she follows some like sus accounts on Instagram. And you know what, dude? Like, I don't think that's her. I don't think that's her. I'm just going to put it out there. She got hacked. Uh, and I don't want to hear any fucking Rose slander ever, ever. Um, that said, I'm worried about the fight with Weiley. That that is a really tough fight for her. Um and Weiley is a fucking badass. So I'm not shading Wei Li in any uh way. By the way, it's Zhang Wei Li. Whale Wei technically her first name, but they always say the last name first is Zhang Wei Li. Um That's why the fucking Leech Li Jingle, his real name is Jing Liang. I mean his first name is Jing Liang, but the, we think it's Li because they say that, but it's actually Li's last name. Wow, this episode is dog shit, actually. I'm actually, I'm recording this in the morning before I have to go to work, and um, uh, I got really, really stoned last night. So I'm not stoned now, but I'm kind of still feeling in that vibe, and I'm not giving a fuck or censoring myself. I don't mean in terms of, like, swearing, just in terms of, like, filtering anything I say. Uh, Okay. So Rose, let the star Flyweight is going to be Valentina. And there's nothing you can do to convince me. The only thing that, like, maybe Just Andrade gets in there and lands a lucky punch or slams her on her fucking head. Um, Just Andrade is scary as fuck. Um, women's Bantamweight. See, it could be Amanda. However, she honestly might retire by the end of 2021. So I could see a situation where, um, like, by the end of 2021, there's, like, a vacant title fight between, like, Holly and GDR 2. Maybe. And then Holly get, rightfully gets her hand raised because she was robbed in that fucking GDR fight in so many ways. I Even with the late shots, I had her winning rounds three, four, and five. And that tells you something because I've said on this podcast before, I don't usually remember rounds, but I remember specifically like she was losing the first two and then came back and won the rest. She won that fucking fight. And that referee Todd Anderson piece of shit didn't save her from GDR. So, uh, Fuck Todd Anderson. All the homies hate Todd Anderson. Anyway, Holly, I'm going to put it right now. This is also in honor of Ashley. Holly Holm is going to be Women's Benoist Champion by the end of 2021. Don't add me on that. I'm not fucking fielding questions on that at the moment. I love when British people say that. I'm not fielding questions on that at the moment. One thing I am going to miss is doing different dialects on this podcast. Um, I am actually going to do a bit of dialect work on my theater podcast, um, Breaking the Fourth Wall. However... None of you are going to listen. No, I'm just kidding. Some people uh have, have from the MMA community, and it makes me fucking really happy. Uh, Okay, hold on. So that's women's sorted. Oh, no, 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 women's, by the way. Eh, honestly, by the end of 2021, because the managers will retire in my scenario that I'm predicting, uh, they're going to close the division. like that. There's no other reason to keep it around. I mean, there is, but they haven't invested in it, and, and the, in the current state of it, like they're not going to keep it around. Oh, unless Kayla Harrison gets signed. Oh, okay. Maybe Kayla Harrison will be the women's one of champion in the UFC. Um, however, now we're on to the men. Uh, I almost said men's strawweight. Men's flyweight. It's probably going to be Jefferson Figueiredo. Um, I I really need to learn how to pronounce his name in Portuguese because I'm just kind of fucking winging it right now. Jefferson Figueiredo. I think that's it, actually. Figueiredo. I talked about it a little bit with Fernanda on uh, our episode because we talked about how his translator slash manager, Valid Ishmael, is like, didn't really give a direct translation. Uh, actually, go listen to that episode. I can't believe that like some people didn't listen because it's the best work I've ever done, uh, which is to say that it, it's the best work that I've been able to put together by having someone else better than me. Um <laughs> Oh, okay. So, Jamison Figueiredo, um, women, uh, women, men's Bantamweight, uh, it's gonna be fucking Corey Sanhagen. He's gonna get that rematch with Aljo after Aljo chokes out Peter Jan. Honestly, I don't even know if I want Aljo to win anymore because he's a fucking bootstrap fucking, uh, anyway, uh, so that's a men's featherweight. Ooh, I'm going to say in honor of Smokey J, I'm going to say it's Brian Ortega because Brian Ortega looked really fucking good. Um, So, uh, yeah. Choking out fucking Volkanovsky and that's it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Ortega is um, Smokey J's favorite fighter. However, Volkanovsky is Australian. So he's going to be super conflicted about that. Um, Okay, so 155. Ooh, now he's retired. Um, Ooh, honestly, I think it's gonna be... Fuck it. RDA. No, Paul Felder. Yeah, that's fucked up. Paul just lost him. No, Paul Felder's coming back. I'm telling you. I'm telling you Paul Felder's coming back because Oliveira's gonna get that um interim title fight or whatever. And then Paul Feather's going to be like, he's going to post some highlights of him smashing all of our w- elbows on the ground and be like, hey, look how I took you to the ground and beat the shit out of you. Yeah, let's run it back, motherfucker. And then Paul Feather's going to flex that big dragon energy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Chelsea Diesel's listening to this like, fuck yeah, big dragon energy. Love Chelsea Diesel. Um, Okay, uh, that was lightweight. Welterweight is going to be... God, I really hate Kamara Lucman sometimes. Uh, I know that's controversial. I hate saying that, dude, because I was actually, speaking of Chelsea, I was uh, talking to her one time, and she's saying how she hates Izzy, but it has, like, almost nothing to do, or she hated him before the Rob fight, and then she hated him even more after that, but she feels bad because, like, 98% of the people that hate Izzy are racist, and that, I feel like that is true, like, statistically, there's no way you can, like, prove that, but the most of the easy hate is just fucking racism. And I feel like that also is the case of Usman. And you guys know I'm not a racist. Um, But I just fucking Usman rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Um, However, I don't really see anyone beating him. Uh, No, Gilbert Burns. Let's say fucking Gilbert Burns is going to be champion 2021. I forgot that. That's probably happening. Um, So Gilbert Burns, uh, middleweight, obviously. Now I can pull it out so quick whenever I want, because I've done it so many fucking times. Um, light heavyweight, all still gonna be Israel. real mobility. I do you do all one. i be at this on you. And, uh, uh, heavyweight is also gonna be easy. <laughs> I'm just fucking, I'm just kidding. Um, let's say Francis. I really hate the Francis dick writing that happened just because he fucking like, goes in there and murders people. But I will never forget how A just made him fucking drown. um, Uh, although if I'm, if I'm honest, there could be a scenario where John Jones takes the heavyweight title. Um, I really hate John Jones. Like, it's so hard for me to like him. And, uh, there's somebody that like, oh, I think the narrative around him has largely been misconstrued. No, fuck that. It hasn't been enough negative. It's been too positive. We need to bury that fuck. Um. I don't mean literally, I just mean like in terms of like throwing shade on him. Wow, dude, if if you're listening and you got this far, like I always say that at the end time-wise because sometimes my episodes are long, but honestly, I've said some pretty fucking stupid shit so far in this episode. So if you've gotten this far, I applaud you. Uh, But we do have one more question, and that is a DM for my homie, Phil the MMA dude. So let me pull that up real quick. I'll be right back. So, the homie, Phil the MMA Dude, co-host of the Split Decision Podcast. I actually just finished their latest episode before recording this. It pumped me up. It gave me motivation. Um, You know, I was telling this to, to, to Phil. One of my favorite things to do is listen because him and Feike often disagree. I like to, like, cheer on Phil. Be like, yeah, I'll fucking take him down. I don't know. Um, He says, which post signs... M night Shyamalan movie was your favorite and why a lady in the water B. the village C. the happening D other and why and here's why I have to be incredibly honest and I told this to Phil and he said no but you still gotta answer this I have not seen any M night Shyamalan movies post signs not only have I not this is why I didn't tell him not only have I not seen any post signs I haven't seen signs specifically, and I didn't see The Sixth Sense, which I know everyone is like, that's his one. Like, you got to watch, like, okay. It it, w- it became, like, so much a part of pop culture and so ingrained, like, the whole I See Dead People thing. Like, I feel like I don't even need to see it. At this point, like, the twist was uh, revealed to me. It was spoiled. Like, th- I'm not watching. However, I did watch Unbreakable uh, with, with Sam Jackson and Bruce Wilson. I know they just kind of, like, did a, sequel to it or or whatever i don't know if it's a prequel or whatever the fucking wacky timeline shit was with that glass i didn't see that one i liked unbreakable i honestly did um i like sam jackson's performance in it uh it's a it's very different than a lot of the stuff he does and people because sam jackson is kind of a meme as well like people forget that he's an incredible actor um because he just doesn't say no like he just and then he'll always. Like, what was that fucking movie? It was like in the sort of in the similar style of Sin City. It might have been the same comic book. I was like the. I want to say it was like The Shining, but it wasn't like Stephen King The Shining. It was like Fuck it. And then he had that line where he was like, "I'm the octopus." I'm like, bro, you need to get better choices at movies, but uh, honestly, like, I love that for him because he just does whatever. He's like the. I don't even know. <laughs> Was, uh, oh, he's like the Nick Cage. That's right. He, he's like sort of like a different sort of style of Nick Cage where he just does any movie they offer him, basically. So, yeah. Uh, and I jump on. Here's why I also. And, and this is why I have to be completely honest. Um, I went to theater school slash... Well, it was actually probably even more geared toward film, but it was it was a combination of both. It was just acting in general. I went to, to acting school in 2008 now at that point there uh, a lot of those movies you said existed like happening lady in the water etc a lot of those did exist but i hadn't got a chance to see them because my parents were never really into those movies and uh we just always like did things as a family until i fucking moved out and became an adult um when i got to school i became heavily influenced by um my peers and why well, I didn't agree with everything they say and what we would have, like, if I had my own things. Like, I didn't, at that point, really have an opinion on M. Night Shyamalan, and there was a lot of people that are, like, snobs about it and, and being like, oh, well, he's he's overrated. And he's, you know, the, the twists are not that good. The happening was trash, and there was a lot of those, like, opinions floating around, so I just sort of, like, accepted him as gospel, and I haven't really gotten excited for any M. Night Shyamalan movie except for this one movie that I think was supposed to take place in an, entirely in an elevator. It was about the devil, but I think he was just producing that because, honestly, like when Phil sent me this, I, I went through his uh, director credits to see if it was in there, and it wasn't. So I'm pretty sure that was just a producer credit. Emily Shyamalan is hard for me to talk about because I, th- I think there is some good there. Like I said, Unbreakable was great. Um, but it'll never be something where I can say he deserves like a top five director, um, nod or, or whatever, if that makes sense. So I hope I did justice to your question, Phil. Um, I said, I said, <laughs> I didn't really feel like I had an answer and he was like, Nope, you have to answer. I'm not budging on this. So, um, shout out to Phil shout out to the split decision podcast. And, um, I guess that sort of brings this neatly to a close. As I said, this was never intended to be a full episode. It was just a bonus. Oh, you know what I do want to talk about um, before we wrap up is that there's some there's some fights this weekend, and I'm probably not going to watch a single second of them, to be honest with you. And here's where you uh, shame me and call me a casual. Listen, if I was still involved in MMA... Um, I probably would watch them because uh, people are saying this is a weak ass pay-per-view and they're fair to say that. But in terms of, I I think we often like y'all motherfuckers ain't paying for these pay-per-views anyway, dude, you're on crackstreams.com. Like it's your job. You don't pay for these pay-per-views. Some people do honestly. And, and, and and if you do and, and you're, you're upset that you have to pay for this or you don't want to pay for it, that's fine. I get it. But if this were like a fight night card, you'd be like, this is a stacked fight night card. Why is it in a Like You're getting, we're getting two title fights. Um, and they're legit title fights as well. Um, so I would watch it. And I, I have interest in a lot of these fights. Particularly uh, what I feel like is the people's main event. Brandon Royval versus uh, Brandon Moreno. Which is a phenomenal number one contenders fight by the way. Even though Brandon Royval just came into the UFC. He's knocked, he's, he's put away top guys. Uh, in Tim Elliott and Kaikara France. And so if he gets past the assassin baby who's probably my favorite flyweight right now. Male flyweight, obviously. Um, yeah, that, that, he, he he deserves a dollar shot, in my opinion. Like, why not? Why not put him in there? So, yeah. Um, I did want to say that there's, there's some intriguing fights. I hope Mike Perry gets knocked the fuck out by Tim the Dirty Bird Means. Um, yeah, it's a winnable fight for him, but honestly, Mike Perry without a proper camp, um, I think Tim fucking embarrasses him. I really do. Tim is the more lengthy striker. He uses his jab well. Um, He's just a more educated striker, whereas Mike Perry is like a brawler and he just kind of has power. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Uh, Tim Means is going to piece him up. So, yeah. I just want to quickly give some thoughts on that because I I know there's been a lot of talk about how um, this is a weak-ass card and... While it's like I feel like I'm I'm not even should be able to have an opinion on it because I'm not going to watch it. But the reason for that is, and I forgot to say this earlier, um, because your boy's getting a tattoo. I'm I'm getting a tattoo. I'm going upstate, uh, upstate New York to visit my boy Goon, um, which is sort of like a bonus. Um, it's not like I'm going to Goon and also get a tattoo. It's like I'm really going for the tattoo, and I'm also going to visit him, um, because he's the man. Um. And he hooked me up with this artist in the first place, um but yeah, um, I'm getting expecto patronum tattooed on my forearm uh if you don't know the significance of that, I don't have time to explain it. I mean I guess I do, but i'm not I'm not going to because this isn't a this isn't a Harry Potter podcast though plug for a work that isn't mine uh if you are into Harry Potter um check out the poorly read podcast um that shit is hilarious. I honestly have been sometimes in tears laughing uh at that podcast there's just one moment that i always because they say a lot of wild shit that isn't necessarily memorable but it always makes me laugh but one thing that was super memorable to me is they were talking about uh helena bottom carter as bellatrix lestrange um and when we first see her in book five uh um (laughs) in the in the um Hall of Mysteries or whatever it's called in, in the in the, the the prophecies. And she steps out and 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 the guys who are like doing the commentary on the, on the podcast are like and they look at her and they're like, well she's well fit, but like a bit old. <laughs> Just so fucking that's like a perfect description of Hell in a Bottom Carter. Like, oh well she's well fit, but like a bit old. <laughs> uh this has been probably the dumbest podcast I've ever recorded. Um, but check out that, check out my appearance that is upcoming on the TKO podcast. I really don't know when it's going to come out because, um, th- well, I, I just don't know. Um, but we recorded already. It's in the can. Um, those ladies are fantastic. Um, I got the, I made the name for that podcast. Um, cause I'm really good at making names for podcasts, except for my own. <laughs> what I was going to say support. Oh, you know, another thing you should check out, this is honestly, I've I've been kind of just rambling here, but this is important. So um, listen up here. Molly McCann, who is one of the most beloved individuals in this sport, um, recently went on uh, a podcast called the BBC LGBT Sport Podcast. And she told her story about coming out and um, just what it means to be a gay woman in sport and specifically in MMA and just sort of just talked about her journey into MMA as well. That, that didn't necessarily have to do with her being uh LGBT, but it was I propose to talk about that on this podcast. Uh, it was phenomenal, dude. It was phenomenal. Um, and another one I wanted to shout out because I'm just rem- remembering it is um, uh, the best camp of my life with Fernanda Precious because um, I had the best mental health couple of hours on wednesday uh, because i listened to the molly mccann podcast and then i listened to right after i finished it i i finished listening to fernanda fernanda i'm sorry um and the questions that were posed in that q a episode she did were just so incredible and her answers were just beyond amazing and uh she told like some very like touching stories of, of fighters and businesses Like Kairos had a really good question. Other people had questions about like touching moments. And I just felt very uplifted that, that someone like Fernandez is back in the sport, bringing that kind of rich humanity into the, the space that is sorely missing from a lot of other outlets. And, and then it's like literally as soon as I finished it, because I finished that episode with like five minutes to spare before my therapy session. And I did had a, uh, a session with my therapist, which w- was really awesome. And I just, I remember at the end of the day being like, you know, life is hard, but it's going to be okay. And so I want to leave, leave you with that final thought. And also just want to say, even though I, I'm not going to do the regular show anymore. And I can't promise that I'm always going to watch the fights because I, I have other stuff going on. If anyone sends in questions that are MMA related or even non-MMA related that aren't necessarily specific to the fights, I will, I will do these sort of little bonus episodes. Um, Friday mornings are like a good time for me to do it. So I'm probably going to do, do them that way just to kind of stay in touch with the community. And, uh, because I love you guys and, uh, it was a hard decision for me to leave because of that. Uh, I didn't want anyone to feel like I was, like, turning my back on them and things like that. But um, I just have to focus on theater right now. Um, that said, I also want to plug my uh, latest episode of of the podcast, um, Breaking the Fourth Wall. Now, if you don't listen, you're not going to offend me because I know people shouldn't necessarily... Um, listen to content that they aren't interested in like i don't want to force anything down anyone's throat however i do want to make a pitch for this last episode so the po- the musical i covered on the last episode is called passing strange now you may have heard me talk about this show before and it is very near and dear to my heart it's te- it's technically my favorite musical uh even though i've said that it's very hard for me to pick one uh you kind of got to have a top five but um passing strange is my favorite because it's written by a man named Stu who started a band called The Negro Problem. Now, Stu is a black man, but he likes like funk and psychedelic rock and different blends of different genres that, as our culture tells us, like they don't expect a black man to sound the way he does. And and so he made that as sort of a commentary on that uh, by, by naming his band that. And the the musical he wrote, Passing Strange, he n- not only wrote the musical lyrics, which is something that he's obviously done; like he's written hundreds and hundreds of songs. He wrote the book, which is uh, very commendable in my opinion. I mean, it was done in collaboration with a, with a director named uh, Annie Dorson from the Public Theater. Like it was a whole collaborative effort, but he it somehow a autobiographical. He wrote it about a, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's a story about the struggle for identity of a young black man growing up in America who then moves to Amsterdam and Berlin to find himself. And the music itself is not what you expect from a Broadway musical. It's like rock music, like proper rock music. So, uh, And I play some music from it. I also play some some, uh, music from his band, The Negro Problem, um, in that, including a song called uh, Clown Went to Nuclear Code, which uh, he wrote... uh, as a fuck you to Trump and he wrote it in 2017, but I played it like in, in wake of the election. I was like, this shit hits different. Um, and so that's where I'll leave you. Um, be kind to each other. Black lives matter and good morning and good fights.